0: The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
1: Why is the church so silent When the walls are crumbling down Who will be a Nehemiah or an Astor Tell me who I will stand their ground, even if my faith breaks the law. I will stand with God. I will stand with God. Even if I take a jail cell, I will stand with God. I will stand with God. Just like the martyrs before us They were willing to lay down their life Choosing to die and be victorious Never denying the...
2: And always keep on praying for all of the saints. And pray also for me, that wherever I open my mouth, words may be given to me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly, as I should. Lord, I pray today, that as we come to Pilgrim's Progress, I will be given the ability to fearlessly proclaim the word, your word, O God. Let the name of Jesus be lifted up. Let him be glorified today. Lord, as each person listens in their home or their radio, their office, on the computer, Lord, would you quicken our hearts together that we will declare, yes, I will serve the living God, and he alone will I serve. Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity to talk about you. Quicken now the word by your Holy Spirit. I pray in your name. Amen. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley pastor of the National Prayer Chapel. Today, I would invite you to come close. Come close and hear the Word of God and respond to the Word of God. There is no more important question than where will you spend eternity? What will be the outcome of your life? Let's turn now to the Pilgrim's Progress. I'm reading to you from a new edited edition done by CJ Lovick. This book is available on Amazon.com. In fact, if you go to our web our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, there's a button on the right hand side. If you click on that link, it will take you directly to Amazon.com. To the discounted price, and I think right now it's running six ninety-five or sixteen ninety-five instead of the normal twenty-four ninety-five. So if you'd like to share and read along with us, you're welcome to go there and make that purchase from Amazon.com. There is no financial remuneration to us. There is a small profit made on each sale, but it doesn't go to the National Prayer Chapel. We've chosen to send that instead to us to the ministry of Pastor Jim Kerwin, who is in Norfolk, Virginia, and you will find his blogs and his podcasts on our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. So let's go directly to the reading that we're going to share with you today. You remember yesterday as we left, Christian was right in the middle of a bitter battle with Apollyon. He was groaning under the attack. We'll begin on page 90. Then Apollyon broke into a hideous rage, shrieking. I am an enemy to this prince. I hate his person. I hate his laws. I hate his people. I have purposely come here to stop you. Apollyon. Beware of what you do, for I am in the king's highway, the way of holiness. Therefore, take heed to yourself. Then Apollyon straddled himself over the whole breadth of the way encountered. I am void of fear in this matter. Prepare to breathe your last, for I swear by my, internal, by my infernal den that you will go no further. Here I will spill the blood of your soul. And with that he threw a flaming dart at Christian's breast. But Christian had a shield in his hand by which he averted it and its danger. Then Christian drew his sword, for he saw it was time to take a stand. I just have to stop and ask you, Have you taken a stand against sin, or are you being swept along by it? Have you taken a stand in the spirit of the living God and just said, Look, Apollyon, devil, I will not serve you. I serve the living God of heaven. I renounce you, Satan, and all of your works. I renounce the world. I renounce my flesh. And I renounce you, devil. And then if you turn to the Lord Jesus and said, Lord Jesus, I am yours. All that I have, all that I am, all the money that I possess, all of the possessions that I have been given, I return to you. They all belong to you. My life is yours. Have you made that covenant with God? You know, I'm, up early in the mornings preparing for this broadcast. And this morning, the Lord prompted me not to come to the work of the broadcast, but instead to simply come before him and sit before him and wait upon him. And as I did so, I read a few passages of Scripture out of the book of Luke, and I simply began to meditate on those passages of scripture and i began to pray and say lord what is it that you would have me say what is it that you would have me do how would you have me live and suddenly a great scene was painted before me there was a a throne high and lifted up it was like ivory it was white as snow And in my mind, in my spirit, I saw this throne lifted up. And I saw Jesus sitting on that throne. Not the humble servant who came to this earth, but rather the regal, glorious Lord of all power and all dominion. And there was a flaming abyss of fire in front of him. And all of the world was gathered before him. And it was the judgment. And I began to pray, Lord, why are you showing me this judgment? And in my spirit, very clearly I heard, my people do not believe that a judgment day is coming. My people do not believe that a judgment day is coming. And as I began to press in and pray about that day of judgment, tears began to flow down my face. I recognized, I too have lived day after day serving the Lord without real regard to the day of judgment, having been assured that The judgment is taken care of, and I don't need to be concerned about it, but that is not true. The judgment is an awesome time. The judgment is the final decision regarding where you and where I will spend eternity. As I began to reflect on it and pray about it, the Lord began to outline for me without my even asking him, the message for this Sunday. And I'm going to be preaching this Sunday on the judgment to come. If that's an issue for you, then I invite you. If it's not an issue for you, I want to warn you, it needs to become the greatest issue of your life. So here's Christian, he is fighting, he's decided to take a stand. So far, his fight has only been with words. But now Apollyon quickly advances on Christian. Let's stop again. Look, this is an allegory, but it is also straight from the word of the living God. If you don't believe that there is a living devil... If you don't believe that there are demonic spirits that come and attack and misdirect and discourage and turn you from the way of righteousness, then you're in a boxing ring with Muhammad Ali with a paper bag over your head taunting him. I can guarantee you what will happen. You will be laid out flat on that canvas in just a matter of seconds. Likewise. Apollyon quickly advanced on Christian, throwing darts as thick as hail. Christian did all he could to avoid being struck, yet he could not prevent Apollyon from wounding him in his in his head, in his hand, in his foot. These wounds caused Christian to falter a little, and Apollyon advanced even more. Finally, Christian found new courage and resisted as manfully as he could. This mortal combat lasted for more than half a day until Christian grew weaker and weaker because of his many wounds. Then Apollyon, spying his opportunity, began to move closer to Christian, wrestling with him until Christian fell to the ground. With that, Christian's sword flew out of his hand. Then said Apollyon, I have you now and almost crushed Christian to death. Christian began to despair of life. But as God would have it, while Apollyon lifted himself up to deliver his last blow and to make a full end of this good man, Christian stretched out his hand for his sword, and he grabbed it, saying, Rejoice not against me, O my enemy! When I fall, I shall rise back up with that Christian gave Apollyon a deadly thrust which made the final which made the devil fall back as one who had received a mortal wound. Christian, seeing his advantage, thrust his sword at him again, saying, "Nay." in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. When he heard these words, Apollyon suddenly spread out his dragon wings and flew away, and Christians saw him no more. During this entire battle, I, I saw and I heard in my dream yelling, and hideous roarings from Apollyon. You can scarcely imagine the voice of a dragon, nor can the intensity of the sighs and the groans that issued from Christian be fully described. Christian fought with such vigor that his countenance never once relaxed its grim expression until he perceived that he had wounded Apollyon with his two-edged sword. Only then did Christians smile and look upward, but until that point, it was the most dreadful and fierce fight I had ever witnessed. These fights are real. I've been through many such fights. Sometimes it's the fight for finances. Sometimes it's the fight as the devil tries to take away a friend. Tonight I'm having dinner with, with two wonderful friends who are not really following the way of Christ. I've been in a battle for them. I've been praying for them. I've been asking the Lord to come in his mercy and put his arms around them and lift them up and encourage their hearts. I've been asking the Lord to open the way of salvation for them. These are battles in the spiritual realm. It's not unusual in the battles in the spiritual realm. As the discouraging words come into your spirit, as unbelief rises up in your heart, It's not unusual for groans to escape my mouth, for tears to flow down my face. The old-timers called this praying through. They talked about it in terms of coming up to faith. Well, What did they mean? They meant there was no way possible that this could, could be done without an intercession, without a battle. That's what prayer intercession is. It's a fight. It's a mortal combat. It's a battle to deal with what God wants to deal with in your heart and in your soul. And then God begins to lift up your agenda, what you're asking him for. And on all of these matters, you have to come up to faith until finally you can say, it is done, it is finished, even as Christ did on the cross. I have a dear, a dear friend, a son. He has an insulation business, absolute insulation. It's here in the D.C. area. Many times I'll call him during the day and I'll ask, how is the battle going? Because many businesses are off 80 or 90%. Everything is dying in, in the building industry. And what is he going to do to supply the needs of his family? And, and what is he going to do to supply the need of the work of God? And, and how is he going to survive this tremendous battle that he's going through? As he struggles in the prayer closet for the contracts, he has the advertising out, but the phones don't ring. So he has to go in the prayer closet, and he has to wait before God. Many times he's awakened at 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the morning, and he gets up and his gut is tight. He is terrified because he knows he is facing a day when he cannot carry out what he needs to carry out because the obstacles are so great, the equipment is breaking down, the, the men are calling in sick, the little work they have is going to be destroyed. He needs contracts for work. He needs he needs large corporate contracts, government contracts. He needs to supply work for his employees. They're also depending upon him for their livelihood. How's he going to do this? And he'll wake up at 3.30 or 4 o'clock so frightened he can't He can't do anything but run to the prayer closet and get on his face before God because the Lord has told him, let me take over, let me be in charge. And so he has given the company totally into the hands of the Lord Jesus. And when people say to him as he goes out to do estimates, is this your company? Are you the owner? He says, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. If they ask, who is the owner? He says, the Lord Jesus is the owner. He is not the owner of this company, but he's out there every day in the midst of the battle, and if the Lord does not come and take away his tear, I can't tell you how many days and weeks he's fasted before the Lord. And as he fasts and as he prays, the Lord will begin to speak to him and give him specific direction, go here, call this person, do this. And as he obeys exactly what the Lord has told him, the way is open before him, and the contracts are let, and he's able to move forward and provide an income for his employees. He's able to support his family. He's able to support the work of the gospel. If you were to ask him, and and he will come in soon, and spend some time with me in the studio, I'd like to interview him regarding what he has learned about his walk in Jesus Christ and what it takes to be a follower. He will tell you quite frankly, it is a mortal battle. If I disobey the word of the Lord in any aspect, his blessing will be withdrawn and the company will be broken. He knows that his very livelihood is based upon obedience to the word of the living God. Now, I need to say something else. Some of you are very concerned about the economic condition of America. You're fearful that the dollar is going to crash. And yes, the Lord has told me the dollar will completely crash. The banks will close, and for some time you will not be able to withdraw any money. He's told me to lay aside some cash. He's told me to lay aside some food to be prepared. It may be a month, it may be six months. And all of that I've done in obedience to the Lord. But there's an issue that's much greater than the crash of the dollar. And that is the fire that is going to burn America. America will be destroyed by the fire of God's judgment. I don't know how it will happen. I don't know when it will come. But I know the word of the Lord to me is be much more concerned about the judgment fire that's coming on America than upon the collapse of the economy. The fire that's coming to consume America will be God's judgment upon us for the killing of countless numbers of babies, abortions, turning toward homosexuality as a nation, so that it's almost a crime today in America not to be a homosexual. God's judgment is coming upon this nation for our courts being unjust for our government officials being crooks, liars. Judgment is coming upon America for the way we have treated the poor and the way America is turning against Israel. God said anyone who would turn against his people would be under a curse. America is turning against Israel, even as Europe is. And God's judgment of fire is going to come upon this nation. Now, I ask you, as you consider these issues, as you consider the mortal battle that we as a nation are about to engage in, have you yet taken a stand for Jesus Christ? Or are you concerned about your physical well-being? Remember, Jesus said, what does it avail you if you win the whole world, but you lose your soul? America has lost its soul. We have gained the world. We're the most powerful government in the world. We have the most powerful military in the world. No one can stand up against us. But we've lost our soul. And so how do you stand? I mean, what a choice it looks like we're going to have in the elections coming up. I'm frightened for America. I'm frightened for America. I plead God's mercy for America. God's judgment will soon be upon us. I pray that it will be judgment unto repentance and not judgment unto damnation. I urge you, join the National Prayer Chapel in praying that God's judgment will bring forth repentance in America, that will bring a new, fresh move of God in this nation. How do you stand with Jesus today? Have you taken a stand for Jesus Christ against your flesh, against the world, against the devil, have you taken that stand and if so what is your experience our number is 877 534 0780 i'd like to hear from you today i'd like to hear from some of you who are, who have made that stand who have taken it who are who are stalwart and i'd like to hear from some of you who need to be encouraged to take that stand. And some of you don't understand what I'm talking about. Call and, and ask questions, and let's talk about what it means to take that stand. Some of you have believed the lie that all you needed to do was go forward at that little altar call and receive Jesus. And now you're saved, and you continue to walk in the degradation of your spirit and the wickedness of your soul. You still walk in your sin, convinced that it's okay, that you're on your way to heaven. Our number is 877-534-0780. As I came into the studio today, David Ruhlman, one of the executives of this radio station, asked me, well, is it a call-in show yet, Ray? Are people calling? I said, well, sometimes. Now, I'll be honest with you. I said to him, I think people are a little fearful of calling. They're unsure. Maybe you haven't heard these kinds of things said before. Maybe you're afraid it's too personal. Well, you know what? It is very personal. It's for your very salvation. Will you be embarrassed? Yes, maybe. And that's okay. Put yourself out, right out on the limb, and say, I'm going to serve Jesus, and it doesn't matter what the devil does. If he fights me and I die, I die in Jesus, but I will serve the Lord. So I'm waiting for your calls, 877-534-0780, and I'd I'd just like to ask, what impact is this broadcast having on your heart? Is it encouraging you? Are you growing in grace? Is your love for Jesus growing as you listen to the reading of Pilgrim's Progress? And I have to tell you, reading Pilgrim's Progress has been such a gift for me. My mother read it first to us when I was just a child, And then through the years, I've gone back to Pilgrim's Progress. And now again, it's even richer for me because I'm further down this road toward the celestial city. My journey is not so far now. I've almost completed my journey. Where are you in this journey? 877 five three four zero seven eight zero phone lines are open our producers waiting on your call we'd like to hear from you today what would you like to share about this walk that you're involved in this walk with Jesus have you made that commitment we're beginning to get some calls And I invite you to quickly call before the end of the broadcast. We still have lines open. I invite you to call 877-534-0780. I'd like to hear from you today regarding where you stand in Jesus and what stand have you taken and what is the story of your progress in Jesus. And has this book, Pilgrim's Progress, touched your heart? Has it touched you in the spirit? Again, that number is 877 780 I'm waiting for you. What would you like to share? When the battle was over, Christian said, I will here give thanks to him who delivered me out of the mouth of the lion, to him who helped me against Apollyon. So Christian rejoiced with this song of thanks. Great Beelzebub, the captain of this devil, designed my ruin, therefore, to this end. He sent him harnessed and and weapons and with rage. The hellish was and did fiercely in battle engage. But God's angel Michael helped me, and I by slash of sword did make the devil to fly. Therefore to my God I give my lasting praise and thank and bless his holy name always. Uh, Let's take a call. I invite you to, uh... oh, I'm sorry, we lost a call. Okay, if if you have difficulty getting through, it's okay, please, just keep trying and get through, 877-534-0780, and I'm going to continue reading while I wait for you. This is your time. Be bold, take a stand. Then came to Christian a messenger with a handful of leaves taken from the tree of life. Christian took the leaves and applied them to his wounds, and they healed immediately. He then sat down and ate some of the bread and drank from the bottle that had been given him by prudence, piety, and charity. Let's take a call from Mark. Hi, Mark. Welcome.
3: Uh, hi, Pastor Ray. I just want to let you know I have been enjoying the uh, the program since it's been on. I guess two or three weeks now.
2: Yeah, we've just finishing our third week.
3: Okay. Yeah. I was uh, I'd seen where there was actually a um, uh, a movie uh, Pilgrim's Progress. I was wondering if you had seen that.
2: I've seen several of them. Uh, if you go on uh, the internet and you go to YouTube and you just put in Uh, pilgrim's progress different movies will pop up and some of them are just uh, cartoonish Uh and some of them are are acted out and one of them is especially good
3: which one's that
2: i don't know the name of it um it didn't tell me it just it's pilgrim's progress
3: okay uh one uh, uh kind of question i had uh passed away was um you know i've been um you know ever since listening to your show and everything I've been you know you know reading the word more and everything else and uh I'm just um sometimes you know it seems like when there's uh you know when I pray for something and um and you know then it comes about or it's answered in an affirmative way, I just don't really seem to have as much gratitude as I think I should.
2: I only know one answer for that, Mark, and it's not Mm -hmm. a very happy answer. It's called the valley of humiliation. Yeah. And you're right.
3: I'm grateful for it, and I give thanks for it, but sometimes you don't, I mean, I don't realize that, you know, that this is something I've been praying for, and, you know, I feel like right away I should give thanks, and occasionally I do, but sometimes it's like I just seem to have a delay in that. Sense of gratitude and everything, you know. I'm just not
2: sure how to. You You know, know, Mark. Part of part of what's happened with me is that I've been given so very much Mm -hmm. that when I'm given a little more, it doesn't seem like much, right? And somewhere, uh, I just recognize I have to stop the rat race and pull back and ask the Lord what is really important to him. Mm-hmm. And then when I begin to receive from his hand, it really counts. And right. as I was sharing with you earlier, this gentleman by the name of David, who owns Absolute Insulation, he recognizes that he will have no business if the Lord does not give him that business. Mm-hmm. And part of what I've come to in my own life is the recognition I can't come to this radio station and pay the radio bill if God doesn't pay it. I can't lead the church if God doesn't open the way. And as I've more and more recognized that everything in my life has come from his hand, that has humbled me. Right. I don't have anything through my power. And part of what has brought me to that is the reading of Scripture. Uh, I find that an hour or two hours a day is a bare minimum for me, or I'll mm-hmm. dry up and blow away.
3: Right. i um, I mean, like lately, I've been uh, trying to read a lot of uh, First John because you know, because I'd heard. Um, I guess uh, who was it? Was it John Kerwin? The uh, other
2: Jim Kerwin. Yes. Jim
3: Kerwin, right? And he had mentioned that you know he had read it like a hundred times. You know. Yes. And I just um so I've been doing that, I've been reading some of the Romans, like like uh you had mentioned, so I'm trying to I had one of these you know one of these yearly Bibles, you know, which i've I kind of put i've put that off just to kind of concentrate on the first john and uh and some of the Romans, whatever, and you know I always before I read scripture, I always you know pray about it, you know, from God to open my you know heart to understanding and everything you know.
2: I'd encourage you, Mark, to begin to read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation probably three or four times a year. Mm-hmm. And and then in addition to that, read those special portions like it never does a week go by that I'm not reading again the book of 1 John.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And every week I'm reading the book of Romans. Right in addition to my regular reading through the scriptures. And mm-hmm. what, what happens when I do that is it comes alive for me. Right. Um, what I struggled with is I would read the scriptures, and if I was studying in preparation for a sermon, then I, I was intellectually awake. But as soon as I just began to read it for enjoyment, I'd go to sleep. And now I know what caused that. My mind had been seared by all the other things I was doing and watching, and I've had to just pull back on the television so that I no longer watch that. I've had to pull back on on Internet things. Or or my mind is seared and I'm not hungry for the Word of God. And my eternal destiny is hanging.
3: You know, I have been listening to this one uh, Christian podcast, which... um he's more into the uh, current, I mean, not totally, but he's more into the current events uh, from a uh, from a biblical perspective and everything as well, but also he's like you in a certain way that um, he teaches, he uh, preaches, or well, maybe it's not preaching, maybe it is it's preaching or commentary or whatever, but he talks a lot about, um, um, you, know, you know, how the nation has to come to repentance. With yes. kind of what you do more than some others, you know, and some, you know, some who are very good, um, you know, good godly men, I think, but uh, they don't. And I think they have a good, you know, Bible-based message. But this other fellow who uh, he he does more, they're kind of a nation just like you.
2: I think. Which Mark, I think is good. I think Mark, we're at the end. All
3: right.
2: I believe. I, think, Je- I believe Jesus is coming.
3: Well, yeah, and uh there's other things you know he had actually mentioned uh as well like you about uh you know uh i guess you know Dimitri dudeman and I guess some other pastor you know had some dream uh in the past month or two, which you know I'm,
2: I'm I think that say was that i think his name was Hale
3: that's correct, yeah, and he had him on uh he had him on his show um not too long ago yes, you know, I might even send him an email because I think it'd be good if you uh on his podcast, because you all have a lot in common. Yes. I mean, the podcast name, if you go on it, it's like True News. Uh, If you just do that on a uh, search on a podcast, you'll come up with him. That's Rick Wiles. Okay. So, uh, I mean, because you all have a lot in common in that way.
2: Good. I'll check it out.
3: All right, well, thank you very much, and, um, uh, you know, I hope the Lord continues to bless your ministry.
2: Thank you, Mark. Good to talk to you.
3: Thank you. Bye.
2: Our phone number is 877 534 0780. Come take a walk in the tulips. Risk. 877 534 0780. I'd like to talk with you today about where you are in Jesus, how you're walking. I'm going to continue reading. This is on page 92. Then there came to Christian a messenger with a handful of leaves taken from the tree of life. Christian took the leaves and applied them to his wounds, which healed immediately. He then sat down and ate some of the bread and drank some of the bottle that had been given to him by prudence and piety and charity. After Christian had refreshed himself, he began his journey again. Not knowing whether Apollyon would come back for another skirmish or whether some other enemy might be at hand, Christian drew his sword and walked carefully through the valley, but he met with no other enemies. Now at the end of the valley of humiliation, there was another valley, the valley of the shadow of death. And since there was no other way to the celestial city, Christian was obligated to go through it. Let's stop there just a moment. What John Bunyan has just said is a vital import for you. He's giving you markers along the way. When you go through a battle with the devil when you go through the struggle of belief, when you finally face your real condition and you have to go down into that valley of humiliation, almost always after that will come the valley of the shadow of death. It's referred to in Psalm 23. We would all like to sit down at the banqueting table of the Lord We've come through a great victory. We've come up to faith. And now we'd like everything to be all right. And we'd like to be able to relax. In fact, we might even like to veg out a little bit. But you noticed what Pilgrim did. He drank from the bottle that had been given him. Do you remember what was in the bottle? It was grape juice, it was the blood of Jesus and he was given bread. Now, just for a moment, let's talk about the bread and the grape juice. Why did Jesus say, My body is broken bread for you. It is real food. And why at the communion do we have both bread and wine? The answer is simple. It's by the blood of Jesus that we gain the victory. It's by the blood of Jesus that our sin is washed away. It is by the blood of Jesus that we are reconciled to God. The blood is the most precious of all of the gifts Jesus gives to us. But then why the bread? Why the broken body? Well, because the bread gives us the strength to make the journey. So you have the blood to wash you, to cleanse you, and you have the bread to give you the energy and the strength to make the journey to the celestial city. So now here he is at the end of the valley of humiliation, and it's the start of the valley of the shadow of death. And since there was no other way to the celestial city, Christian was obligated to go through it. There are no shortcuts around the valley of the shadow of death. Now, this valley was a solitary place, and as the prophet Jeremiah described it, a wilderness, a land of deserts and of pits, a land of drought and of the shadow of death, a land that no man but a Christian passed through, where no one lived. But here Christian was to be afflicted more than in his fight with Apollyon, as the following adventure will show. When Christian came to the borders of the valley of the shadow of death, I saw in my dream that he met two men coming toward him, children of those men who brought an evil report concerning the good land of Canaan. These two men were quickly retreating, and Christians stopped them and asked them where they were going. But they said, Back! Back! And we would advise you to do it too, if you have any concern for your life or peace of your mind. Why? What's the matter? inquired Christian. Matter, they said. We were going the same way as you're now going, and we went as far as we dared to go and almost went past the point of no return. Had we continued, we would not be here to warn you. But what did you encounter that made you so fearful? asked Christian. Why, we were almost in the valley of the shadow of death as our good fortune would have it, we looked ahead and we saw the danger before we came to it. But what was it you've seen? Seen, they nearly shouted. Why, the valley itself is black as pitch. We saw hobgoblins. We saw dragons of the pit. We also heard in the valley a continual howling and yelling that sounded like people in unutterable misery who are bound in affliction and irons and over the valley hangs the discouraging clouds of confusion, and death also spreads its wings over it. In a moment, it is dreadful. It is completely unruly. Christian said, Pull all these tears aside. Nothing that you have said so far convinces me that that this is anything but the way to the celestial city. Have your own way, they said. We've not chosen the way as ours. And so they parted. And Christian went on his way. This is Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. I'm glad you've been listening today to this broadcast. I want to pray for you. But first, I want to invite you again to come to the National Prayer Chapel. If you're hungry for Jesus, I invite you to come in fellowship with us. I invite you, if you're, if you're desiring to walk with a people who are intentional and who speak together about the journey toward the celestial city, if you need encouragement in that journey, if you need to learn the ways of God, then I invite you to come. Sunday afternoon, our service will begin at 1.30 with prayer. And then at 2 o'clock with praise and worship, I invite you to come to the National Prayer Chapel. And you can find us at nationalprayerchapel.com. You can email me for specific directions. Or you can simply call me at 703 672 Let me give you that number again. 703 we have two minutes, Aaron. What would you like to share?
4: Uh, first of all, I want to thank you for the broadcast. It's edifying. Uh, the, the other thing being, one day I was just really frustrated and I was crying out to God and I said, It's the purpose of a variety of things going on that are painful is, is it to put me in a place of prayer for other people is is, is that the point and the, the top part of Isaiah 53 is what came to me you know he is despised and rejected a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief we hid as it were our faces from him yes and it, it was explaining to me, it's, it's like, in order to form the character of Christ, yes, necessity, it's allowed to be painful so that Christ's intercessory life might be what it is that's working
2: through ourselves and not ourselves. Yes. Aaron, we're out of time. Thank you. Lord, I just lift up every listener today and ask for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. I plead for your salvation in their hearts.
0: In the name of Jesus.